selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Ahoy, friends. Thank you for tuning into Truth and Justice. You are listening to the Friday follow-up for Season 14, The Reply Brief, The Prosecutors vs. Adnan Part 2. This week, we discuss the timeline leading up to the day in question. This series continues to raise a lot of questions and thoughts and continues to be a great exercise in critical thinking. I'm joined by Bob and Janet. We have a lot to discuss, but before we jump into that, do we have any housekeeping? Yes, I got uh, a text about half hour before we came on the air from Kenny Snow's wife that just wanted to share with me uh, uh, a picture of a diploma because Kenny just graduated and got his high school, not a GED, but got a high school diploma. That's awesome. Yeah. And he's way to go, Kenny. Yeah. He is super proud. That's so cool. She said he's doing great and he's got a, he's working, but he's got a good, uh, a really good lead on another, uh, another new, new job doing some training. I think she meant like boxing training. I think he's like working in a gym. Oh, cool. Um, but he's he's super excited. And she said he's doing really well. And I, I think it was part of his parole was that he go to Narcotics Anonymous meetings. Mm. Uh, and she wanted to let me know. She's she's like, he's he's going to them and he's loving them and he's doing great. He's going to two to three a week. She just, she just couldn't be happier about how well Kenny is doing. And I just want to share all that with you, share that with all of you guys. The Kenny's doing great. He got his diploma and he's just, he, he's thriving. And we got to spend an entire day with our other person that, that has gotten out with Ed Eight and his wife, Kim, yeah. at Obsessed Fest. That was wonderful. That was absolutely amazing. Yeah. Yep. And you guys. That was really special. You guys are going to get to hear from them 
next week because we do have a live for you guys remember i'm going to be out of town next week so we're going to use the live follow-up that we did in dallas for next week's follow-up and uh i guess i'm spoiling the secret but we had a little guest appearance by the eightses while we were there I just want to I'm going to quickly talk about because I kept meaning to say something about it. And this is like a little Easter egg for your ears, because I don't know if no one would be able to ever see this, even if there was video. But um, just a little teaser to if we ever get the like the Web of Death thing up, which is, again, a name that just doesn't really work for the conversation that we had in the entire whatever. It's a great, great name. Doesn't really say Edate's case to me. But um, right. But when we were up on stage with Kim and we were talking about when she and Ed, like when Ed said he wasn't sure if he was married anymore and stuff, Kim was just twisting her wedding ring. You know how people do that? Like, and as she was talking, she was just like, like, like twisting the ring and just like she just kept touching the, her wedding ring. And it was so sweet. And just like, oh, I didn't I didn't even know. I was sitting right next to her. Oh, my God. It was so d- adorable. I looked over and saw the tear running down Kim's face. And that's all I saw because everything went. Of course, as you know, I was using my new. <laughs> everything went blurry. I think oh, already was blurry. Yeah, I was wearing my my new nifty multifocal contact lenses which make it so you can see nothing at any distance ever, apparently. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so everything was already blurry, but I, I I could see the tear rolling down Kim's face and I lost it. Yeah. So for those of you, I know uh, people probably asking the follow-up. If not, I know people were asking all over about those panels. The follow-up live follow-up panel, that will be our follow-up next week. And I'm trying to get video of the other stuff that we'll put up on Patreon for more bonus content for our for our patrons. And that would include the Web of Death panel, the Adnan panel, and the Comedy Hour. So we did, right? I'm excited for oh that. Oh my gosh, you guys. I know some of you are there, but I'm so proud of my boys. They were so funny. I laughed and <laughs> laughed and laughed. Everyone was dying it was just you guys had such great sets it was wonderful it was a great time also can i give a shout out to listener caroline peltier for those shirts oh yeah your shirt game was on point. yeah those shirts were awesome those were i got great. stopped all the time actually what was awesome is i snuck the bob ruff stunt double shirt no one knew i had it <laughs> and i put it on just for the comedy show but yeah. i got stopped i'm not kidding probably 15 times from my hotel room to the, <laughs> the panel room with people wanting to see that shirt. It was so great. Yeah. It was awesome. It was so good. That's great. Yeah, so much fun. Oh, all right. So uh with that, we're I'm I, I gotta tell you guys, I'm in I'm I'm in stress and excited mode because I'm I'm leaving tomorrow for my Colorado trip that I've been telling you guys about for a year now. Wait, you're leaving? Uh yeah. Oh, where are you going? You sound like my students in high school. They're like <laughs> like I've been for two months I've been talking to them about this. You're gonna have a sub, I'm gonna be gone for this time. And then I was I was today talking to them and I'm like, okay, so this is this is the project we're working on. These are the benchmarks you gotta hit while I'm gone. I had the sub come in and introduce them to them so they knew who they were dealing with all the whole time. They're like, Mr. Ruff, where are you going? I'm like, you guys don't listen to a word I say ever. Like, <laughs> none of them knew. None of them knew I was leaving. With that, uh, I don't think we have another housekeeping other than no, I think that's it. So we have this obviously you're on Friday, you're listening to this follow-up, so that's normal. Sunday will be part three of the reply brief series. And then next Friday will be the the live follow-up from from ObsessFest. And then next Sunday, which is the day I'll actually be rolling back into town, is going to be part four of the Adnan 
theories, which is when we really, I think part four is where we get into the niche call and really start getting into like, to me, like the meat of case, like episodes four, 4.5 and five really dig deep into all that stuff. So all that stuff's coming up for the Patreon. I told you guys already on Patreon, but if you hadn't looked at the post and you're just listening to this on that Sunday, November 5th, there's not going to be a new episode because I just ran out of time to get an extra one done before I left. So I may, I may put that one out a little later that week so that we're, you're not getting a week behind. But And with that, I think that we're good to go. So, Zach, I want to talk to you first because you have never heard Serial. Absolutely not. You did not listen to season one. I did not. And so this is this case is all new to you. So for those of you listening, the plan was to get like as objective as an opinion as we can get. Zach is listening to the reply brief episode and then listening to the prosecutor's episode. So he is someone who has no opinion on the case can share share his thoughts. So what are your thoughts? This has been a very interesting exercise. I'll, I'll tell you that so far. Obviously, being only two parts in, we're not into any craziness yet. Mm -hmm. It is interesting to see the points that you're bringing out where they are kind of setting the stage for down the road at this point. Uh Because like I said, I'm again, I'm some of these listeners way ahead of me. I'm only on part two. Yeah. So I don't know what's coming up. But when you're talking about, I think by them saying this, they're, they're kind of setting the place in motion, the plan in motion to see what's coming. But at the point that we're at now, it does seem like they're trying to be very unbiased. At yeah. least that's the way they're they're really presenting themselves. And as a listener just listening to their podcast, if I wouldn't have listened to the reply brief, I would have thought they were being genuine, that they were being honest, that they are being completely unbiased. Because at this point, it does feel like there are multiple times where they're talking about Adnan's religion. And they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, but who hasn't? You know, there's lots of religious kids that do things outside the religion. That doesn't yeah. mean they're not really, you know. So there's a lot of points like that where they're like, they feel like they're being really unbiased. Yeah. Now, when you come back, I can see what you're saying where they're like, well, they kind of misquoted this and they're, they're using this. Like when they talk about Hayes Diary, where they said, we took this out of Hayes Diary and then they throw another point in that wasn't in Hayes Diary that's kind of out there, an opinion. And then they throw another point in from Hayes Diary. Well, again, if I wouldn't have known that just by listening, it does seem like it's all cited from Hayes Diary. I was going to ask you that because that was my impression. So you, mm-hmm. when you knew to be watching out for that, did you get that? Imp- did you have the same feeling I did where it seems like everything came from the diary? I did get that impression that, that they were just reading points from her diary. Mm-hmm. And it just seemed like maybe that secondary point was just something cont- like attached to that first point. Yeah. So that was really nice to hear you point it out. And it's, as I said in the intro, I mean, it's really about critical thinking. It's about breaking down these pieces for yourself and kind of hearing what they're saying because they are they are very charming. Yeah. This episode, I mean, again, I don't know where they go from here, but this episode and the previous episode, they're very charming. They yeah. they really sound like they want to be unbiased and want to get to the bottom. Of it. Yeah. And, and and as anybody who listened to the new intro that I put on to episode one of the reply brief, I kind of warned people like, as you hear this, you're going to hear us uh, a change kind of in my tone too. Cause it, cause I was kind of with you at this. I was, I was a little, you could probably tell I was a little irritated because they kind of give you that impression. Exactly what you're, it's interesting to me that you had this, this kind of same experience. Cause that was kind of my read on it where it's like, they're charming. They're coming across as unbiased. They're, they're very confident mm-hmm. and you're feeling like I can trust these people. Yeah. And then there's just these couple little tweaks that they make in this episode where mm-hmm. they, you know, they, they do just a few little things that may be insignificant, especially if you don't really know the case documents. Yeah. 
But then, like, as we go down the road, then I'm like, you know, I'm on episode five, and I'm like, oh, that's why they did that, because now they're trying to twist it into hmm. this. So my tone changes yeah, along at, the way. At this point, I mean, through part two, I am definitely, like, on their side. I feel like I need to continue to listen. I'm ready for part three. I'm ready to listen to part three. Yeah. I'm ready to see what they have to say. I'm ready to listen to part four and see what they have to say, because at this point, they've won me. Yeah. Without knowing what you have put out in the reply briefs, just on listening to their episode, I see why people are convinced. They've they've won me over. I see what's happening. Yeah, that's awesome to hear because I'm really I'm I'm anxious to see if you keep, stay that way mm-hmm. or if that opinion shifts over time. So that that this this is going to be kind of a neat experience, I think, for all of us uh, because I think most of the people that are listening are pretty familiar with the case. So to hear someone that is not, yeah, to see how how your opinion evolves over time or if it or if you pretty stay that way and janet you had to you had to draw into the memory banks because you're a patron so you've been you, you're you're on you're on the ninth episode already and had to go back in time to remember what was said in episode two yeah it's hard that's hard for me because yeah that does seem like a, it feels like a long time ago that i started listening and and i'm familiar with the prosecutors i mean i've enjoyed i had enjoyed stuff that they had, you know, done in the past. It's been a while since I listened to them, but I did listen to their coverage. I I I don't continue doing that. <laughs> I continue to not be totally sure how much of some of what you're experiencing is intentional or accidental by them. That being said, the the manipulation is real. I just don't know if that's work they did or if they are passing on the manipulation that someone else did that they accepted as real or agree with. I I, I don't know. I mean, no disrespect. I don't know if because there's been some question about where the data came from and where the timeline came from and where some of the references came from or some of the theories came from that they tend to engender. I I, I genuinely don't know. Like, I think it's possible that they really liked uh, Quillette article that came out a month or two before they started their coverage and thought we agree with this and that they're just sort of i just don't know so the leeway that i'm i'm giving them is like i don't know if that's their manipulation or if they've just bought into someone else's previously worked on manipulation if that makes sense yeah and and i don't know and i don't i don't i guess i don't want to get too much into my thoughts on them right now but i've definitely had people who are supporters of them they're like well, you're judging them based on. Hey, listen, damn it, we're on part two. Don't get too far ahead of me, guys. Yeah. Well, even, the, <laughs> even here, you're judging them based on thinking that they would do the kind of research you do, but that's not the kind of show they have. They're, so, like, they don't do deep dives or whatever. And I'm just like, I don't buy that because they make a pretty massive deal about the like weeks and months they spent researching and all the you know. The, I would if they came out at the beginning, we're like, hey guys, we just you know we read some stuff. We haven't dug too deeply into this, but this is kind of our hot take. Then I'd be fine with that. But when they presented it as we've done a ton of research and we're going to present to you this super in depth study of the case, then then it's hard for me to give them a pass on that stuff. But with that, let's go ahead and get into. To the listener questions that we have. I know there wasn't a whole lot because these first couple episodes don't bring out a whole lot of questions because they're really just reading through the timeline. And, and and to your point, Janet, this one, I think in the episode description, I have the link to the Reddit post. I'd be curious if any listeners followed that. But like the fourth time when I was like writing the episode, I like brought up that Reddit timeline. And that's when I was like, oh, like you can literally read. It's almost a script. You can read through the Reddit timeline and that's everything they're doing. That Reddit timeline, the, the poster there definitely believes that Adnan is guilty, but they did a really good job of being pretty factual along the way of citing all of this stuff. 
So there's not a whole lot of opinion and stuff in there, and, and there's not a lot in dispute. I think I even said in this episode, like the first 50 minutes is just basically they're reading timeline stuff that there's really nothing to argue about. It's just in the last few minutes where things kind of went a little hay- haywire. Right. We have a couple of different things to cover going back to, and I think this probably rang some familiar bells for a lot of folks, when you touch a little bit on uh, the portion where there's this question about whether Adnan knew about Don, whether he was aware that she was dating someone else, who it was. Jill H. Yeah. says, didn't Adnan say during Serial or at some other point that he was introduced to Don when he met him to look at Hayes' car? I thought he said then that they were a thing and that he liked him. Am I misremembering this, says Jill? And you touched on that a little bit in the episode. No, that's true. And, the, and, and to be clear, I, I don't have a huge issue with them pointing out that in one of Adnan's interviews, he said to, at least the, from what the notes say, that he didn't know that Hay had a boyfriend. It's just kind of a weird take the way they get there and that they keep harping on it. Because like in a later episode, you'll hear like Brett say that like this happens all the time. That's why lawyers tell you not to talk because an innocent person, if they start to feel like a suspect, oftentimes will start to be like, oh, well, I don't want to. I'm not going to say anything that's going to make them look at me even more. I don't. So I don't know if, if Hay had a boyfriend. But yeah, to what your question yeah, it was it was after it was like right around Christmas time. Hayes' car broke down. Adnan and Don both met there. He met him. And kind of what I said in this episode is it's so hard to tell when you don't have transcripts and you only have interview notes. There's going to be some question about the, you know, whether Adnan, you know, what he said about getting a ride that I think there's probably some confusion there. But I think that Adnan knew there was somebody else, you know, whether that's her boyfriend and whether he knew that that someone else was Don. I, I don't know. There's some question there. That's one of those things to me that it's not super important. To like, like I want to know how long does it take to drive from here to here? But yes, that interaction did happen. I don't know if Adnan said that he knew that was Hayes' boyfriend at the time, but he did say that he met Don and that he seemed like a decent guy. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. 
We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes! Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On to okay, so Emily T says, and we'll talk about this in a second. But do we have corroboration from other sources that Hay was wearing a short skirt in school that day? For some reason, I thought I remembered her being in a long skirt, and I think, unfortunately, that sort of takes us into spoiler territory about an upcoming reply brief of yours, right? It, it does, but I think it I think it needs to be said now right. though too because. Um, it's not a spoiler, like a big reveal. It's a it's a correction that I make later. Well said. So I was I was always under the impression that because I've seen the crime, I have the crime scene photos, and in the crime scene photos, hay skirt is pulled up way up, and so it, the way it looked to me, I've always thought that it was a short skirt, and I had never like seen or heard anything otherwise. Then somebody sent me a screenshot in the HBO documentary. They had access to more files than I had ever had access to. And they show the skirt and it is actually a longer skirt, like probably like a cat, kind of a flowy mm-hmm. cotton, like longer skirt that comes down to like the cat. So I, I make that correction later on in another episode, which then definitely, you know, because I, I really lean on in as Butler statement. And this one in a later episode, you heard me say that, well, I think we have to back off that a little bit because... It was actually a long skirt that she was wearing. So that was a mistake that I made in this episode. So that so does that change any opinion about that? So I know that 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 statement was believed to be the thirteenth that she was wearing the short skirt. Yeah. She knew because she talked about the short skirt. But now we're thinking that maybe she doesn't. Well, there's there's some weirdness too because the other part of that is what I was reading in that episode was her first interview with Baltimore City. Who so so in this case. Hay went missing. She was supposed to go pick up her cousin at Canfield Learning Center, which is in Baltimore County. So it was a Baltimore County investigation in the missing persons investigation. Her body was found in Leakin Park, which is just over the line in Baltimore City, and then it became a Baltimore City investigation. So there's two different files there. And in this episode, which you heard me read, was her first interview with Baltimore City, and it's like, like she nailed it. She's wearing the short skirt. Of course, she, the skirt's long, but... She said she had to pick up her cousin, and then she had to go to work. We know that day she had to pick up her cousin. She had to go to work. Then we find out that the skirt is longer. And then somebody else pointed out, but before she interviewed with Baltimore City, she interviewed with Baltimore County. And when she interviewed with Baltimore County, she said that there was a wrestling match. And also another one. So there was this, there's a you haven't heard about this yet, but for those of you listening that know know this bit, there there was like this rumor going around that maybe she had gone to California. Okay, that rumor it, it, it came from Don. And it came in much later into the investigation. And so in in Inez's first statement to the county, she says that she had talked to Hay and she said she might want to go to see her father in California. Well, her father doesn't live in California. Hmm. It's like her mom's ex-boyfriend lives in California. 
and then she also says she had a wrestling match that day. So it's hard to tell, like, did, was she confusing the days? But like, Hay was close with a teacher named Hope Schaub. She was not close with Inez Butler that I'm aware of. But then Inez Butler later kind of comes out like as though they're really tight and they talk all the time and they have these in-depth conversations. So like in that interview, it's hard to tell, like, does she have the wrong day or is she like inserting herself, like taking, I heard a rumor. And so now I'm saying, oh, I had that conversation with Hay and she told me about that. And, and again, I don't want to spoil things, but I, do, I also don't want to let misinformation sit there for three weeks until you catch up. Right. Okay. So it, what you'll hear later is me saying that we definitely have to chalk Inez's statement up to being unreliable because other than the skirt length, she nails it when the city interviews her. Mm -hmm. But if you go back to when the county interviewed her, she says there's a wrestling match and she's going to California, which there wasn't. And again, it's like, did she actually talk about a wrestling match that day? And so she has the wrong day or because it was one of the her co-manager on the wrestling team that is the one that originally sourced that. Mm -hmm. And she and she just did have the wrong day. She's like, we had a wrestling match. She didn't show up that day. Did she hear that and be like, oh, yeah, she had a wrestling match that day. So it's it, it's hard to tell. It's it's too bad because it takes her. So she does says that. Then she gets the details right about picking up her cousin going to work. And then at trial, she's back to the wrestling match. The California thing's gone, but now the wrestling match is back at, at trial. One thing that uh, a couple listeners mentioned about the skirt is in the inventory of her car, there was a short skirt found in her car. And that led to quite a discussion on Facebook. And we get more in detail about this in a reply brief later. But it's an interesting thought. And I'm curious what some of you who wore skirts in school, especially if you had like really strict parents like Hey did. Because we had a bunch of listeners on Facebook come and say, oh, I used to do that all the time. I would leave the house wearing whatever my parents thought was appropriate. Then I would change. Sure. And then before I would come home, I would change again. So there's a, a hypothesis out there that maybe she was wearing a short skirt and then she like changed in her car, which then, which then opens up an opportunity for when she gets attacked. If she's like pulled over somewhere and is changing in her car... And that could have created an opportunity somewhere. So I, I don't know that that's what happened, but it's interesting that there was a short skirt in her car. So you brought up Hope Schwab, who is a teacher that that Hay was friends with. Yeah. And, and in the prosecutor's episode, they they actually talk about her quite a bit. They talk about a conversation that Anon had with Hope about dating outside their religion. Mm -hmm. And I, I felt like the prosecutors, while they they kind of talked about it nonchalantly they talked about it for quite a bit and i feel like they were trying to lean on the fact that maybe anon was hung up on hay mm -hmm. which it very well could be but i also kind of feel like he's talking about trying to date outside the religion and i wonder how much of that could be just attributed to like am i always going to have this problem yeah like because i feel that as a as a kid he's like i just went through this relationship and my religion was the hang up is this always going to be how it is yeah, that's how maybe I kind of took it. I don't know if that's really how it went. And I could see how they're they're saying that he could possibly be, you know, hung up on hay because of that. But I also wonder how much of it's just like, am I always just going to feel this way? Yeah, I, I think it's probably a little bit of both. These are, they're teenagers. We've all been through breakups in high school. They hurt and they're upsetting and they're hard to let go of. I probably wouldn't want somebody to put a microscope on how I handled every breakup oh, in, high in, in high school. But it seems like Hope Shaw was, she was someone who, who both Hay and Adnan trusted enough to have that conversation, which is great, you mm -hmm. know, that, that they had somebody like that at the school. But I don't like in any case, and we see it a lot in wrongful conviction cases where like you get, especially if there's no, ev no real evidence, right? So then you, you always see where Luke's case we just saw, right? Mm -hmm. 
where you start looking at, well, let's look at the things they do and the things they said, and let's try to analyze that. I just had a discussion with somebody on Facebook earlier this week. It was about something about lending out his car to Jay or whatever, but they were saying how I would never do that. Like, like this doesn't make sense to me. This is, And they weren't, like, they were just saying how, from their perspective, this thing makes them feel that Adnan could be guilty because that's not what they would do. And I had said, and, and hopefully if that person's listening, like they're not, they didn't take offense to what I said. I wasn't like talking down to them. I was just saying, just be careful when you start making judgments based on what I would do. Right. Because there's always like in that thread, you would see people like, well, I did that all the time. So, so just because you wouldn't doesn't mean someone else. Would. And that's, that's the territory that I always caution people to stay away from. Like you can't make assumptions based on what, you know, your experiences or what, what you would do. Or based on a conversation, Adnan obviously felt comfortable with with her. Do, does he has he confirmed that he did have that conversation? I don't know. So I, we also are just taking someone's word for it that they had that conversation, which is not dissimilar from taking Inez Butler's word that she had the conversation with Hay. That right. we, I mean, it's just hard to know. It's hard to know. Yeah, and, and the only the only difference between those two is like one is like one to me is important because if the incident happened, then she watched, then, then she, that she saw Hay leave the school alone, right? So, yeah, of course. So I, I, I'm much more interested in that. Yes. Where the one with Hope, like even if it didn't happen or it did happen or where it was coming from, like I don't think that anybody can really make a judgment yeah. on what that means in regards to the case. No, I agree with you. I'm just saying as long as we're talking about how to take or not take statements, everything you're saying about like, yes, the Inez situation is important to you for this very specific contextual evidentiary reason versus behavioral analysis, which I understand people get confused about or get or, or, you know, because some people say like, yeah, well, then what what are what are we talking about when we're talking about behavioral analysis when you're looking for statement analysis or Jim Clemente's work? And, you know, the way all of those tools sort of like, when does it make sense to apply them? When does it not make sense? Mm -hmm. I understand that people, you know, get kind of lost in the weeds of the nuance of that and and you know, have questions about that, that I think that makes a lot of sense to go, well, when does it matter how someone behaves? Isn't it doesn't someone work in something called behavioral analysis? And so I get that. Yeah. And that's a really good point. And for me, what I'm looking for is, is it going to make a difference? Right. So like Adnan having this conversation with Hope Shop that was, you know, what, a month or so before the murder happened. If I were to dedicate like a bunch of time to try to figure out, did the conversation happen and what does it mean? Do I think that there's enough there that could make that relevant to the murder? And to me, and I could certainly be wrong about that, if I assume that Hope Schaub is telling the truth and that's exactly how the conversation went, for me, it doesn't push the envelope towards guilty or innocent in either direction. Yeah. So it's just, you know, it, it's a matter of just kind of where to where to focus energy. Yes, I agree. For me. for me. And I think, but yeah. I think also kind of what you're saying, Zach, is that it's less it's less about the behavior of the people in the stories and more about the choices and the behavior of the people telling these stories as to why they are including the yes. stories, right? So it's the sort of Absolutely. meta meta behavioral analysis of like, hmm, why would you choose to tell that story but not to choose to tell this anecdote from someone else? And I see now that I have completely missed the point. I'm glad no, you pointed not that necessarily. out for me, Janet, because that not is, necessarily, <laughs> but yeah, no, it led to a good conversation. But yeah, that's more. It was like right. They they leaned. They had a good chunk of. I mean, it wasn't a huge chunk, but four or five minutes dedicated to this this hope interaction. That I even at the time said I don't really feel like that was anything. Right. 
So, but they make a point to to put it out yeah. there. And you'll see that, and, and and that's kind of what I'm trying to do with this, is try to point those things out. Like, they make sure to tell you this. Right. Inez, for example, right? So they made sure to tell you that she mentioned the wrestling match mm-hmm. so that we can now move forget her. Yeah, yeah, so now that was the fifth, and now Inez doesn't matter. But they didn't tell you about the other interview where she said she had to pick up her cousin and then go to work. So there's, to me, there's choice. And I hope what you guys are seeing when you're listening to this, what I'm trying to do is give you all of it. Like, yes, she said this at trial and this is what she said in her interview. And this is what she said in her other interview. And then you can decide what all that means. I don't like the selectivity about only pulling and we'll see that much more. I don't want to get ahead, but when we get into the track coach's statement, that's, we definitely see much more of that coming. Yeah. Well, you talk about that in this episode for sure. Oh, do I good? Yeah. I, can... <laughs> a little bit. I just, lot, I just listen to bit. it. Yeah, you talk about. Actually, you do say you do bring it yeah. up, but then you say we're going to talk about this more. That's what I thought. Right. I get into the details of it later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. right. That's right. Well, I'll just use another quick example because it was something that I observed. Where, like, I don't necessarily understand why what the motive is for talking about it at length. But you bring it up, Bob, in in the um, in the reply brief, which is the conversation about the scene, the scene that happens at the dance, this embarrassing yeah. scene, and how you can take very little information in a story and and sort of turn it into this event. And it's all interpretation, right? This is my opinion, and it is total interpretation. But based on everything else I have seen, heard, and learned about Adnan's parents, the idea that they would make a scene is absurd to me. They are so soft-spoken. They are so, Mm -hmm. you know, again, I'm speaking of their behavior. I'm speaking of, but like, once this story becomes introduced and I'm questioning like, wait, what is this supposed to mean? Or what am I supposed to glean from this? And because you kind of draw a circle around it and say, yes, it was it was an event, but it wasn't like the way that it's sort of being characterized. That was something that crossed my mind was like, those yeah. are not parents who storm into a room and go, you and you and want the attention <laughs> focused on them for the scenario. I'm sure they were not excited to go to that. Again, opinion, yeah. total, total opinion has nothing to do with anything. But I don't think that they were like excited about that trip to go to the school. I think they probably did not want to go there. That's just my opinion. And I don't know anything about the parents. Like you, you I mean, you said, you, you know, you know this about the parents. I don't know anything about the parents. So just listening to the prosecutors, in my head, there is a scene. Right. I mean, they portrayed it as a scene. In my head, it's a scene. I can honestly picture it. You know what I mean? I've seen parents make a scene. Yeah. So that's immediately, I'm like, yep, that happened. And, and to be fair, my take on that, I think, is new. Because this is the first time that I went through and read all the statements about it, including the principal statement. And to be fair to Brett and Alice, I will say that they weren't Neil Armstrong with calling it a scene. You know, like Serial called it a scene. Everybody like called it making a scene. Okay. The Reddit post they were reading it, reading from called it a scene. And it's mm-hmm. one of those like I don't know if I use this this term in the episode, but it's it's like this error carried through. Like somebody along the line, Sarah Koenig characterized this as, as them making a big scene, and then everybody started calling it that. But then I'm reading that, like, okay, the principal said they walked in, they made a circle around the outside of the gym. Sounds like they talked to him and said they were looking for Adnan. They found Adnan, they stepped outside, and they were talking. And then Hay also went out and was talking with them. He's very clear to say they were talking, and the principal sees that they're now talking to Hay at the school, too. And he went over and said, I can't allow you to talk to another student. And told Hay to go back inside, and they continue talking. And then you hear other friends like Debbie's statement, where 
she says like, I didn't even know what I was there. I didn't even know what happened. Mm. So that's when I'm reading, I was, I was, it was like actually like trying to really get into the weeds and see what really went on there. I'm like, this is not a scene Mm -hmm. by all accounts. They came in quietly, stepped outside and had a conversation that didn't involve any yelling. But again, to be fair, that like literally the Reddit post there, they were reading from calls it a scene. Sarah Kanan called it a scene. They just went along with the narrative that was already there. They didn't, I'm guessing they didn't go through and read all those all those statements. Right. I want to just acknowledge this uh, post. Uh, some of these questions are great and absolutely befit the place that we are in these repro- reply briefs. I feel like I say right 50% of the time. The other 50%, yeah. it's just totally garbled. But again, I do know that we are going to be talking about this more. So I just want to give a, a big shout out to Dawn who actually says this is from episode one. So I'm sorry if this is not the right place, Don. I would say this is a perfect place for it. What do you theorize as the motivation for Jen to show up at the police station with a lawyer and tell them what Jay supposedly told her about a non-killing hay? And I prefaced all, there was a huge preface on my part because I know that we are going to be talking about that a lot more in a future brief. A future, so that I'm literally what I'm editing right now. Got it. So so the... The episode that's coming out on Sunday on the Patreon series, which is like episode episode 10, I, th- I think, which is covering part eight of the prosecutor's coverage. Way to make this difficult. Yeah, <laughs> on myself. <laughs> is all about Jen and her interview and all that. So I don't want to get too much into it, but, but the short answer is from where we're at right now is, I mean, Jen has said it. She did that to help Jay. Now, you can believe that, that Jay's telling the truth or he's lying either way. But in, in either instance, she went to the police to help Jay to corroborate what. Well, <laughs> it's a weird thing because supposedly, according to the official record, Jen tells the story and then Jay corroborates the story. If you actually look at the full record, it's pretty clear. And I break all this down in the episode I'm doing this week that in actuality, Jay told the story. And then Jen is corroborating the story. So you're right in the fact that it doesn't make sense for Jen to go do that unless she was telling the truth. And that's what the prosecutors are going to That's how they're going to make you feel mm-hmm. is that it makes no sense for Jen just to go in all on her own and tell this story. And Zach doesn't even know what I'm talking about. because no, I do because I was in the 30 minutes or less panel. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, you so were there. Yeah, I do know all of this. Yeah. <laughs> good, good, good. Poor yeah. Zach. I mean, you uh, are getting this in the weirdest bits and pieces. Yeah, no kidding. Right, right, Such right. Such a unique way of, of coming to understand this case. I don't I don't think that there's anything more unique than the yeah, weird order I'll, that you're going in. Yeah, I know. But I'll just say this. I'm Like this Sunday on the Patreon bonus here, which again, you will get this on the main feed later. But the patrons are going to get it on on Sunday. I could dig into the weeds in this, but I'll just tell you this. It is super strange that Jen decided after telling the police she knows nothing on the, the night of the 26th to then turn around. And she says she talked to Jay that night, talks to the police. I know nothing. Her words. She then talked to Jay. Then the next day she goes in and tells this whole story. That would be very strange unless, you know, this all actually happened and it's true if Jay had not talked to the police yet. If Jay had already talked to the police, then it's a lot easier to wrap your brain around. Great. So more coming on that. Uh, I just want to acknowledge Holly and Kathy had some questions about the present day naming of or allusion to additional potential suspects and the fact that it's pretty out there that 
neither one of them is Don. I don't want to get too deeply into Don. I don't think you do either. But there continue to be questions about the viability of the alibi and and stuff like that, and and folks wondering if there could be more going on behind the scenes or or not, or you know, just just general questions about that based on a lot of the material that you talked about in your serial dynasty days. Yeah, so I mean, my position then was based on the information we have at hand that you know, if I was looking at if not Adnan, who do I think would be the the suspect that's worth investigating further. I believed that that was done. Now there's new information coming out now. I'm not privy to it. I don't think anybody is. So for the people that were like, well, Bob accused Don and said, I've never said that. I've never said that Don did it. I've simply said that like with the stuff we have at that time, he needs to be investigated more. And he is a suspect in my mind and my, in my opinion. Now with the new rulings that have come out in court, two other suspects have been identified. They weren't named, but the internet seemed to figure out. There was enough context clues that the internet figured out pretty quickly who those two individuals are. And I don't know. I'm just, I, like I've never made a judgment. I'm still holding back my judgment to find out that you know there, there's DNA that still needs to be tested, and and hopefully we can find the answer and find out. Because as I as I've said all along, like if Don is innocent, then the police did him a terrible disservice by not fully investigating him because it's, they've left all these questions out there. When he could, if he's innocent, he should have been able to just be cleared. And so if he's innocent, then they never cleared him properly like they should have. And if he's guilty, then, of course, they they didn't investigate it fully and, and catch him. But I'm not going to pass judgment on any of that stuff or, or even make a prediction because I don't know. There's there's more evidence out there that we don't know what it is. So we just have to wait and see what that stuff is. Sure. I want to acknowledge Tara's post. This is something that has come up a a lot. I can't remember how deeply into it you've gotten so far in the briefs. I don't think very deeply, but I know, uh, and a shout out to Emily, who technically probably wasn't supposed to respond with answers to the questions from the Facebook post, but you're right, Emily, and the answer was a good one. Tara says, if Hay was killed in her vehicle after buying hot fries and apple juice, were those items found in her vehicle? If not, then she either didn't purchase them that day which Inez had recalled that she did, or she stopped somewhere before going to pick up her cousin and remove them. I don't see Hay throwing garbage out her window, but I suppose this could also be an answer. And then Emily uh, mentioned that Undisclosed had definitely dug into this a bit and sounds like they weren't recovered or part of them were recovered. Do you have details on that offhand, Bob? I don't. I was hoping that the responder that you were just talking about did. Emily says the hot fries and keys were never the hot fries and keys were never recovered according to an undisclosed episode. I think her stopping somewhere, ATM or gas, on her way to the daycare is the most likely scenario. And my memory was that yet I, I thought I remembered that half of the items it was like there was a juice box, but there wasn't there weren't wasn't enough yeah. evidence of hot fries or something like that. But again, that's me pulling from a murky memory, so that's probably yeah. All, all I had from my murky memory was similar to yours is that there was nothing and then i was what i was trying to remember while you're asking that was the stomach contents if there was ever anything identified it seems like that was kind of undetermined like there was some stomach contents but there is that does that ring a bell to you yeah i don't we'll get into all yeah i don't i don't think that the stomach contents were in were any help to trying to figure out about the apple juice and the hot fries hey dumb question what are hot fries i mean are they anything different than french fries yeah they're like a potato chip type thing i think they are like potato like the same Material ingredients as potato chip, but they're shaped like fries. A potato type okay. material. So, material, okay. yes. Uh, you could build a deck with it. So yeah, as far as like the the most likely scenario, stopped in an ATM or, or got gas. I have three scenarios in my mind. One is that like she had stopped, you know, at an ATM or stopped to get gas or whatever was abducted there. Another new one 
is that maybe she pulled off somewhere on the way to Campfield to change her clothes to get out of the long skirt into the or the short skirt into a long skirt and could have been abducted there. And then the, the third one is that she went somewhere to meet someone and, and that's where she was killed. And I think that the first one and the last one explained the missing fries. So if she had just picked up these hot fries as she was leaving school to go, if she stopped for gas or an ATM or something like that. And again, this is if she did buy that those things. I don't know if she like shoveled a whole bag in her face before, you know, in, in the five minutes on her way before she got to a gas station and then threw them away. To me, that makes more sense that if she was going to meet someone, she had just bought these hot fries. And then she say she pulls up and then walks into somebody's house or walks into a hotel or walks into whatever she's walking into that she would take her bag of hot fries in with her. Mm-hmm. Right. So, okay. That, but again, those are just three hypothetical scenarios that I have in mind. Glad mind. some of our yeah, Zach, live not a, listeners not didn't a dumb know question. Lots of folks, I think I had to look it up way back in the day and was like, oh, it's kind of like hot Cheetos, yeah. but they're French fry shaped mm-hmm. or something. But no, that's a lot of people have no idea what that is. I think that's a regional thing. And no one ever talked about hot fries in California or Arizona when I was growing up. But, and then this last one is from Dean. If someone admits to burying the body, he is just as complicit as committing the crime itself. How Jay was ever let to walk free shows how wrong the justice system is if you believe he did. If you don't believe Jay did, then this to me is another point that Adnan is innocent. I don't know if we can say that burying the body is at, is the same as committing the murder, Dean, but I totally hear what you're saying. Well, it, it, it really depends on how... The state you're in and how the prosecutor wants to charge. I can tell you that in Michigan, he could have been charged with accessory after the fact, or he could have been charged with murder, depending on how it not that. And I don't know if the conviction would happen, but we have aiding and abetting laws in Michigan, which basically state if you participate in a crime in any way, then you are guilty of that crime. Yes, And, and I learned yeah. a lot about that because I was on a jury for an armed robbery and the person that was on trial, there were several people was like the driver. He, you know, like he didn't have the gun. He didn't point a gun at anybody. He didn't steal stuff. He was the the getaway driver. And they charged him with armed robbery. And they made very clear, and the judge made very clear, the law is that, you know, if you believe the armed robbery happened, and if you believe that he assisted in the armed robbery in any way, then he is guilty in Michigan of the armed robbery. I don't know how exactly that might fit in because it was after the fact, but it, to your point, it's pretty insane that he got no jail time at all. It would have been one thing if it was if that was like made very clear. Like he took a plea deal in exchange for your testimony, you get probation. Right. But instead, they waited several months to charge him because and someone had asked a question about this, not on the follow up thread, but somewhere else. But they were confused by the fact that and it wasn't from this episode, but it's from a discussion we were having why Jay couldn't get an attorney until after he was charged. The answer is he could get an attorney anytime he wanted to, but Jay could not afford an attorney. And Jay did not tell his parents or anyone else that this was happening. So he was not entitled to an attorney, which is means he could get one for free until after he was charged. So it was kind of a slick move by the prosecutor. They wanted to keep talking to him, so they just didn't formally charge him until I think September. So that way they kept talking to him. He didn't have a lawyer. He couldn't afford to go get a lawyer and he couldn't get a lawyer appointed to him until after he was formally charged. So they waited and then they charged him and they had him enter his plea in, but waited on sentencing until after the, I think I have those times, right? 
waited on his sentencing till after the trial. So he was able to go to trial and say he has already pled guilty and been convicted of accessory after the fact. He's going to jail. You know, everybody in the jury thought he's going to prison too. So it kind of makes him more credible. Like, you know, he's got nothing to gain or nothing to lose here when in fact he really did. Because it was because of his testimony that then the judge decided that I'm just going to give you probation. I'm not going to send you to jail. And he, and he suspended the sentence. Because I haven't listened ahead um, and, and I'm, I, I'm not, I haven't listened to the later prosecutor's coverage, do they weigh in with their expertise on that all of that behavior? I'd, I'd love to know if that's common and if it's no big deal. I, I find that very interesting. I've, they do. I, I, I have, obviously, you know, I haven't gotten to it yet in the reply briefs, uh-huh. uh, but I'm going to because they definitely in a later episode as you hear throughout the series, everything the state did is perfectly normal, and you're just being a silly goose okay. if you think that anything that they did was strange. All right. Well, that's that's a, that's a. I'll be interested to hear that experience-based conversation. Selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, before we get out of here, we do have two questions from YouTube that we want to address. Mm -hmm. Uh, One comes from Nicole. It says, one comment about AIM. 
I don't remember profiles, but you could leave an away message. Maybe that's where Hay posted about Don. Oh, yeah, that's a that's a really good point. I, I, we didn't have any questions about that. Thanks. I forgot I starred that comment earlier. A few people were, after I was talking about this, were like, oh, I totally remember the away, your away message on AIM. And yeah, I definitely remember that as well. I did too, but there was two different things. And, I, and, I, and maybe they misspoke, but what they said was your profile, dating myself, but, you know, because I was like, 18 years old when when aim was becoming a thing and i was in there you know cruising the internet for hot chick and chatting with hot chicks online all day not to be confused with hot fries <laughs> holy and dynamite yeah, thank you for thank you for catching the reference yep. but that's what you would do is you would you would like click on there and look at their profile and it had all the, like the stuff hey wrote and all that stuff on there then there were also the away and those were much more visible as i remember like you but but to get to their profile, you had to like go into their profile to look at. Yeah, it. I don't remember the profile being even a thing. So I'm guessing you're right that it, you had to work to get to it because I don't remember that. I remember AIM and I remember the away messages. Yeah. And you would go, you would go check people's away messages because most of us, at least my friends, would put stupid stuff on there because we thought it was funny. Yeah, I always did the same thing. Mm -hmm. And maybe I'm misremembering. I don't know. And maybe they misspoke. Maybe what they meant by profile was the away message. But But even more to the point that I was making was... What drives me a little, and you'll hear it, it drives me a little bit crazy when they speak with so much certainty all the time for things that we can't know for certain. When we keep hearing these, you know, it's always with a chuckle. He absolutely would know. <laughs> you know, that that drives me crazy because they presented no evidence that Adnan had an AIM account, that he used an AIM account, that anybody told him about the AIM account. So if like for like, like a court officer to make that, because of this, we know 100% that he knew where's the evidence of that. There's a few pet peeves of mine throughout this, like the how badly they continue to harp on how close of friends Jay and Adnan are. Like, I don't know what you want from them. Jay says they weren't very close friends. Adnan says they weren't very close friends. Jen says they uh, weren't very close friends. Uh, yeah. Stephanie said they weren't very close friends. Adnan's family yeah. said they weren't very close friends. Like, I don't know what there are just people who say that where I, I don't know what they stand to gain from masking that. It just seems yeah. that one really shocked. That one shocked me because I was like, I feel like without trying, I can come up with like five people yeah. who are not well, connected to each other who are like, mm, we're friends. What I can tell you is that 100 percent of the people that were asked all said they weren't very close friends. Yeah. But you know what? Fine. I'll give it. To, I'll concede. They were actually best friends what does that change what you know what i mean yeah. it's, it's such a weird some of those things that they like really hone in on and the only thing that i can come up with as to why they're honing in on them is because they're trying to make adnan look dishonest by saying that he says he's not close friends with jay but he really is that he says he didn't know that hey had a boyfriend but he really did things like that i yeah. think i the only thing i can come up with is that the intent in that is that Here's Adnan lying because I don't see how it's really relevant. You're, but you you yourself made the point. I'm quoting you back to you now. But you yourself made the point that if they're close, that helps take us a little bit closer to why the heck he would ever ask someone he wasn't deeply close to to help him bury a body. Yeah. But even with that. So he did that in an 18 second phone conversation on the night before. You know what I mean? And then in a five second phone conversation is when he says to come get me. And then he's like, hey, track practice is over. I know we got this dead body in a trunk over there, but let's go to Christie's house. Let's go hang out, man. Let's go do that for a while. So, it, you know, it falls apart so quickly for me that it, yes. it's hard to if, 
if we're talking about behaviors like that. Right. Well, you know, I, it, it's it's this is one of those tough things where there are a lot of podcasts where people talk about cases and they are not saying that they know everything and they're sort of dancing between fact and opinion. And I'm sure that they would argue, hey, we're just doing that, too. Maybe. Yeah. And <laughs> I don't know. And that's fine. I do want to one last thing that we grabbed from YouTube and then we need to get out. of Yeah. Here. Is- Emily T says you should see if Bob Motto would come on. He could give you some insight on how the defense attorney could have handled this case from the beginning. Yeah, I, I think that, and I think Bob will do it. I think I, I, I'm, not, I'm speaking for him, but uh, I know he's, he, I know he listened to the prosecutor series. I don't know if he's going to be listening to ours, but you know, I think when he listened to the prosecutor series, I know that he, he, se- he seemed like he kind of he believed the same as they do. I'm only basing that on what I saw on Twitter, but I have a lot of respect for Bob. And I think he's 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 a straight shooter, and I think he's he's an intellectually honest guy. So when we're done with the series, I'll I'll absolutely reach out to Bob and see if he'd like to come on and, and discuss the case from a number of perspectives. One, like how he as a defense attorney would have handled things from the beginning, and also just kind of his take on the case, and if we can have have that discussion. You know, I kind of almost hope that he does think Adnan's guilty, so that we can have. Because I feel like I can I, I can have a very open and honest conversation with Bob, but I know he's super busy right now because they're doing the Steve Avery case, and he's like he lives in Chicago and he's like driving to Fort Wayne, Indiana for every one of the Delphi hearings. Right. I was just listening today, and he like went down there for the hearing that happened on Friday. Hmm. But yeah, Emily, I, I will I will most certainly reach out to Bob when we're when we wrap all this up, which is going to be quite a while from now. Yeah, but when we do, I'll reach out to Bob and and see if he wants to come on and talk about it. If he's got the the time and the bandwidth to do that, I would love to hear his perspective on it. Uh, and with that, we need to wrap things up. Remember when we started, I was like, we should probably keep this short. So, I know. Yeah, here we are at an, right coming right in at an hour. Uh, <laughs> but that's great. I'd love, I'm super excited to do these follow-ups for the, like for the patrons who have heard this, you know, two months of this series already, that they now get to go back and discuss them with a, with a broader audience. And I'm loving this little experiment that we're doing with, with Zach over there. Yeah, I'm excited. Yep. So uh, we're going to continue on doing that. But don't don't forget, there will be no live recording of the follow up next week because we already did a live recording this weekend. And that's what we'll go be on next week. And with that, I think we can go ahead and wrap this thing up. Don't forget that if you're just dying to get ahead, that the uh, the the Patreon series at the five dollar month level, you were I'm dropping the 10th episode on that series this Sunday. So they are quite a ways ahead. So that's always an option for you. If you want to binge through and catch up, you could you could do the one month and then and then binge all the way up and then stop if you wanted to. Or you could just hang out and just continue listening to them as they drop on the main feed. And with that, thank you so much, everybody, for listening, engaging, joining the YouTube, all of your chats and comments. We love you guys, and we will talk to you next week. Thanks, everybody. Bye, guys. Truth and Justice is an NBI Studios production. All music for the show is created and composed by Shane Yoder at PutThemInASong.com. The font you see on all of our logos and banners were created by Tate Krupa of Red Swan Graphic Design. Katie Ross of CreatedInTandem.com design created, manages, and maintains our website, Truth and Justice Pod, where you can view all photos and documents discussed in every episode. Thank you to our volunteer transcription team, Pamela Westby, Kathy McElhaney, Courtney Wimberly, Erica Cantor, Melissa Cardenas, Kaywood Yomnick, and Danielle Rohr. And as always, thank you to all of you for your engagement and your support. If you like the show and you want to support us, you can do that in a number of ways. 
The number one way for you to support our work is to become a patron at patreon.com slash truthandjustice. If you join our Patreon, not only will you be financially supporting our work, but you'll also get something for your pledge. For just $5 per month, you'll get all episodes ad-free and also a video version of the Friday follow-ups that include an hour-long pre-show chat exclusive to our patrons. Other levels will get you a Truth and Justice Army t-shirt, Truth and Justice hats, and even the opportunity to co-host a Friday follow-up episode. Just go to patreon.com slash truthandjustice to sign up. You can also help us out by going to iTunes and leaving us a five-star rating and review. It doesn't cost you a penny, and it goes a long way towards making the show more visible. If you have a case that you'd like us to consider covering, you can submit your cases on our website, truthandjusticepod.com. Just click on the case submission button and fill out the form. And the most important thing that you can do is engage in our investigations. You can keep in touch with us through our email at theories at truthandjusticepod.com. You can like our Facebook page, follow us on Instagram, or join in on the conversation on the Truth and Justice Podcast fans page. For all of you tweeters out there, you can connect with us on Twitter at TruthJusticePod. To follow our personal accounts on social media, I can be found at Bob Ruff Truth. Janet can be found at Janet Varney, and Zach is at Z to the Q. However you do it, stay engaged, stay in touch. But as for now, we're signing off. I'm Bob Ruff. I'm Zach Weaver. And I'm Janet Varney. And this has been Truth and Justice. The Hot Fries Convo happening in YouTube, real highlight for me. The podcast! The podcast, Brandon! We want it now! Uh... Uh, oh, I miss him. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system wherever and whatever you're selling Shopify's got you covered Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify magic your AI powered all-star Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.